Mini episode 1137 of the FTH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FTH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with you. We are starting a series here in 2019. It is one of the best series of every year. It is going through the NFL divisions for uh, the upcoming season. In this case, yes, that would be 2019. And uh, we have a very decorated lineage on this show for these segments. And we started them in 2012 with uh, the legendary Kyle Ross. And uh, in subsequent years, the baton has been picked up by Chris Galloway, and indeed, Chris was to be here for this year's ones as well, but uh, some sad news uh, later in the month here, uh, we were getting ready to record, uh, so I want to send the uh, condolences of the entire FDH family to Chris on the passing of his dear sweet mother, and uh, again, uh, just Chris is a longtime personal friend of mine, going well back before he became one of the original FDH lounge dignitaries in 2007. And uh, it, it is a very, very tough time for him. But uh, a lot of the dignitaries have asked me to express that uh, individually, and uh, so I do so collectively as well. Uh, Chris was to have been here. Fortunately, the FDH Lounge is nothing if not an institution with a deep bench. And uh, so what we're doing for this segment here is we're welcoming back in an old friend and once again dignitary and a gentleman who is uh, sort of making his way uh, back into the uh, media realm uh, these days. Uh, after some time out in the, uh, the fashion world, doing some stuff there, and uh, he and I have a story that we won't share on the air here about how I helped him line up a fashion shoot last year uh, at, a, at a place that we shall not name, making his way back into the realm of media, and we are very pleased for, for this to be part of it. The original Platinum Smalls himself, my good friend Raymond Smalley, back in the FDH lounge, we are breaking down First of all today, the AFC North, but uh, Raymond, glad to have you back in. How are you, my man? First and foremost, uh, as someone who knows Chris tangentially, I share your condolences uh, upon the loss of his mother. Uh, Obviously, he has uh, space in all of our uh, thoughts and prayers uh, this evening and the next few days. Yep, very much so. And uh... And not since election night 2012, however... If, before the crowd attending, I declare war, Nas and Jay-Z can reunite, then Rick, the two of us, could share a stage again. (laughs) And you know what, people? If you want to listen to this, uh, this was a web show uh, that Smalls was doing back in the day. You can go back to the FDH Lounge blog at uh, the fdhlounge.blogspot.com, the FDH Lounge Multimedia Magazine. Go back in the archives in November of 2012. We embedded those shows in there. Uh, but with Raymond and I listened to uh, those segments uh, recently for the first time in a long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe 
half the crap that came out of my mouth that night as the bitterness and rage over the, uh, the follies of the Republican Party in particular were just overtaking me. Uh, it was quite an evening, Raymond. I appreciate your invitation uh, for everyone out there listening. Uh, I would like to exclude uh, anyone who ran for Senate on the Republican side in 2012, as well as uh, former Governor uh, John Kasich, current Governor Mike DeWine, current Lieutenant Governor uh, John Houston, uh, <laughs> and, and any... And any certain uh, members of the uh, FDH Alliance, uh, certain people who know Rick and I, uh, and quite honestly, anybody I was friends with on Facebook at the time. <laughs> uh, there are any number of high Republican officials in this state who might be looking to get my taxes audited uh, if they were aware of that broadcast from that night and some of the things that were spewing out of my mouth. So, uh, yes, the bitterness, the venom, the rage that you can only get on an election night. Uh, again, you got it from uh, from me. You did a great job of uh, guiding the show along that evening. The byplay between you and I, of course, mirrored by what our byplay will be here as we go through the NFL division by division here. And what's interesting is the one that we're taking a look at here in this mini-episode, the AFC North. I will say this. If you went through any of the podcasts that Kyle and I did from, I think, 2012 to 2016, me and Chris, 2017 to 2018, it is the same old song. I don't think we've ever said much of anything different this entire time. And uh, again, quite possibly the two most successful team athletes of the 21st century in the big four sports in North America, Tom Brady and LeBron James. A lot of commonality there in terms of the path that was laid out for them. LeBron, eight consecutive Eastern Conference championships. Tom Brady, look, if, if you still have to win in the playoffs. you still got to win in January and in February. But if you have a bye to the playoffs, and in many cases a first-round bye, a bye to the second round of the playoffs from beating up on these three dwarfs, again, it makes your path a lot easier. And we'll talk about uh, some of the different various shades of brown turds who occupy the other parts of the division here. But uh, New England coming back in, champions once again after last year to the joy of everyone in New England, to the utter sheer disgust and and nausea of all of the rest of us in real America. So, uh, Rick, Rick, I would like to point out that that fashion, and and, and I want to say also, Thank you for shooting my credibility previewing football, having mentioned I worked within the sphere of fashion for the last couple of years. <laughs> uh, I really, I appreciate that. Uh, I would also like to point out when you say to the utter disgust of the rest of us, that day with that fashion shoot, if you will remember, I was wearing a New England Patriots shirt. I was doing so only for the purposes of trolling you, but that is not the point. <laughs> It feels like the point. <laughs> so, uh, again, uh, New England, uh, this just in. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, this just in. You know, they've, they've cheated a decent amount over the years also, too. This just in. The things that we're hearing the sports writers say about, isn't it remarkable what Tom Brady's doing are the same things baseball writers were writing with a straight face 20 years ago about the home run punch in baseball at the time. I'm just throwing it out there. Not necessarily yeah, sorry, I appreciate anything. you throwing it out there as you said you would within the pregame. And here's my question since yes. we were talking Republican politics a moment ago. <laughs> okay. uh, has the president called you 
uh, and extended an offer for the new Department of Conspiracy Theories, which I understand that he will be adding to the cabinet right after the uh, sale of Greenland is finalized. He could do no better than me, and by the way, thank you for beating me to the Greenland joke there. You're a real team player, but uh, yeah, when it comes to conspiracy theories, you can generally do no better than me. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. I, I didn't, uh, far be it for me to bring up a revolting word like steroids uh, when it comes to this. I would never mention steroids because that's a that's a, a horrible, horrible thing to say. It is very irresponsible to talk about steroids in this context, Raymond. Rick, did you say something about steroids? Yes, I, 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 I said that it's so irresponsible to insinuate that Tom Brady might be taking them. Yes, 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 yes. Were you, prior to us recording this evening, were you watching... Uh, clips of Kevin Nealon on YouTube because I myself have found some very good ones. Uh, and I believe he would have. I would. I believe he would sincerely appreciate uh, your updated take on Subliminal Man. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank yes. you for picking up the reference there. And uh, not, again, not, not, you know what? Not not an issue. And let me say, most of your references are in fact news to me. Yes. <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, I'm not sure that it's uh, news to anyone that uh, there are cokeheads in the uh, Patriots locker room, but uh, Patrick Chung uh, confirmed that also there during the preseason. Yes, and let me say that uh, this afternoon, Patrick Chung gave a whole new meaning to the phrase "single high safety." <laughs> well. I don't think he's in prison saying everybody have fun tonight. I'll put it that way. Have you, in, in all seriousness, have you heard the, the the story behind that? I have not. Apparently, um, a burglar alarm was going off in his New Hampshire residence. And side note, and the New Hampshire apparently has some of the the toughest drug laws within the nation. Apparently, a half an ounce simple possession is felony weight in New Hampshire. Wow. And apparently, a, an alarm was going off. The cops showed up to ascertain uh, if there was, in fact, a prowler, a burglar, uh, within the house. And within the course of that search, they discovered a little nose candy. Well, so apparently that's a state that has uh, converted the phrase live free or die into get high and die, evidently. So... <laughs> Evidently, <laughs> so you know. Uh, oh, oh, Bill Belichick, oh, Bill Belichick, bam, lam. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that's your that's your scouting report on Patrick Chung for the season. Uh, he gone, but uh, you know yeah. the the rest of the he, Patriots. He again, I, I think a far bigger concern is going to be. Yeah, you bring in uh, Dakeel Harry, but uh, ultimately. Uh, I, I would have thought that grabbing one of the stud tr uh, tight ends in the draft, even if you had to trade up, uh, it, it I really be, is... I will be honest, watching uh, mm -hmm. the NFL draft, and obviously you and I uh, talked a good deal about weekend, Yeah, I was shocked that you, know, you have, I mean, and when you say trade up, Irv Smith was about to fall right into their lap. Yes. I mean, Irv Smith was there at 32. From what I have read... The Patriots were actually trying to trade out of 32, and no one would trade with them. Their offense, the, run, the running back collection assemblage that they have, for my money, as good as there is within the AFC, maybe as good as there is within football, 
However, uh, this is a passing league, as uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham, uh, for your Cleveland Browns record about the show. Yes. And, you know, that uh, the, the word that I think about when I think about the passing half of the Patriots offense, if Josh Gordon can stay clean for a season, if Julian Edelman can come back from injury, if Braxton Berrios develops and Nikhil Harry develops, if they can find someone other than Ryan Izzo at tight end, if Benjamin Watson comes off of suspension and plays as they expect him to play. Those are a lot of ifs in eight-foot-high capital letters. Yeah, there are. And uh, again, I'm very surprised that they left this much to chance. Obviously, they know they can get out of the division with things the way that they are. And again, probably get a first-round bye. And I guess they figure they're going to take their chances from there. But uh, yet again, they are uh, not merely a uh, prohibitive favorite in the division, but one that I believe that the NFL has already marked into their official bracket as being the AFC uh, East champions for this Rick, year. Yes. Rick, Rick, Rick Foxborough is lovely in January. I, I, I believe you would enjoy it very much. Uh, I doubt I would enjoy it under any circumstances ever. Although uh, I did hear on a podcast one time Matt Money Smith talking about the weird ride that it is. Apparently, it's like a two-lane road that gets it is, there. It in fact, is it? Yeah, it is in fact a two-lane road. And my brother, who is a Cowboys fan, uh, we thought about going to. I mean, look. Realistically, they play uh, each other again four years from now. It would be in Dallas. Uh, Brady, I will assume, will not be playing. Um, although I take you back to my learned colleague's take a moment ago about the about the and, and, and as someone who has recently watched watched uh, Screwball, they are doing amazing things with the uh, well the S word that uh, Ricky mentioned. Yes. Uh, however, we considered uh, attending that game this year, and then as he uh, researched the topography, shall we say, of yeah. uh, Foxborough. Yes, it is a two-lane road in and out of that stadium. Yeah, yeah, so that's uh, that, that just adds to the uh, reasons that uh, nobody would ever want to go there, uh, January or otherwise. But uh, somebody's going to have to play the Patriots there in January. We know this, and we know it won't be any of the other three teams in the division. Let's take the consensus, I guess, uh, shiniest of the turds up next. Uh, that would be the Jets, who uh, have Adam Gase as a head coach, which I can tell you as a Dolphins fan as well as a Browns fan, uh, the highlight of his career is still getting that uh, pinch of cinnamon just right in Peyton Manning's coffee every morning in Denver. That remains the uh, the most uh, learned accomplishment on his resume to this point. It certainly wasn't the coaching he did in Miami, but he's coming there. Sam Darnold, uh, again, you look at him and you think he's too great for a franchise to ruin, and then the Jets say, hold my beer. So we'll have to see how that transpires. They have some some interesting weapons offensively. And, uh, again, some decent pieces. Greg Williams uh, has been known to get uh, the best out of a defense, generally speaking, not not least of which see the Browns from last year, especially the second half of the year. So uh, the Jets, not a team I have uh, being uh, three snowballs tosses from the playoffs, but uh, probably the best of the other three, wouldn't you figure? Seven and nine, realistically, do you think? Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I go to my preseason predictions here. You can check it out, by the way, front page of FantasyDraftHelp.com. Fantasy Football Draftology 2019. I got uh, I had them, I had them for 8-8. Eight eight. 
So, I mean, it, it is the AFC. There is a lot of rampant parody there. I, I could definitely see them getting 8-8. Eight eight. Uh, obviously, I could because that's what I wrote. rampant parody, what you really mean is? Mediocrity. Mediocrity at best. I, you know, Darnold is, is uh, yeah, Darnold is every bit uh, what they say Darnold is. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, if he is Le'Veon Bell of two years ago, this is an offense that could be fun to watch. I still have questions about Robbie Anderson. I still have questions about Anunia. Um, you know, and, and, I, you know, and tight end with Chris, with Chris Herndon suspended. You know, you don't know Eric Tomlinson, Daniel Brown. Um, these are two people that, well, I would know something was up if they walked into my house wearing large signs around their neck. But still, <laughs> I wouldn't know who they were for the most part. Yes. Um, I, would just, I would just be surprised that there were two NFL-sized players standing in my living room. That would be uh, interesting, yes. It would. Yeah, and, and you know, and 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 defense and defensively too, three four scheme, still some questions. I mean, you talk about how he got the best out of, um, you talk about how he got the best out of uh, Greg Williams and the Browns last year. You look at the three four, uh, with the exception of with the exception of, of, of Quinn Williams, who I loved coming out of Alabama, C.J. Mosley, uh, Jamal Adams of the. Louisiana State University. <laughs> There's not, with the exception of those three players, there isn't the talent pound for pound on this Jets defense that there was on that Browns defense. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I don't have them picked to uh, finish very high. Uh, that and the coaching of Adam Gase. We'll see if the second time around proves any kind of a corrective for him. There's enough media puff pieces right now that are saying it's the case, but uh, New York is a tough market. We'll see what they're saying about him in October. Uh, a little bit of a friendlier market would be Buffalo, but uh, again, probably the consensus third team in this division, uh, just because of the uh, massive pile of uh, tanking turds at the bottom of the division, i.e. my Miami Dolphins. But uh, Buffalo, this is a thing where it just, I, I look at it like, yeah, Josh Allen showed me some stuff last year. I wasn't necessarily the highest on him coming out of college because a lot of guys you know, it's million-dollar arm, 10-cent brain. I think he had like a 54% completion percentage at Wyoming, but uh, had a better year than I thought he was going to have. Uh, has some decent mobility. But as far as what's around him there, it's would just... Would you say, interestingly enough, that Josh Allen would be the Ben Simmons of the NFL? And when I say that, I don't mean <laughs> he is next to date Kendall Jenner. No, what, that he'll learn to make completions at the NFL level? No, I, I think that Ben Simmons... Absolutely, you're right. 54% in college, and, you know, when you're throwing to more wide-open windows. I don't even worry about that. We can teach him to throw just like we can teach Ben Simmons to shoot. That's why, uh, Sixers fans, in Game 7, one of your leading players took a total... A total of five shots. Granted, he made four, but that's beside the point. Yes, uh, he, he'd point to the 80% completion percentage. But, uh, you know, along the same lines, uh, as as far as that goes, when when you're looking at that, when you're looking at the uh, the, the capacity of him to be able to complete passes, and, and again, a fairly uh, underwhelming package, met, I would say, sort of on both sides of the ball. I mean, it's, it's not a horrible oh, roster. But uh, they're still in the process of turning it over to what they want it to be. And uh, I, I've, I've got them finishing 4-12. Uh, I, I think this is going to be an unforgiving season for them. I would, agree, I would 
agree with that. I would disagree slightly with your characterization. I mean, LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore, those are outstanding running backs for 2009. Yeah. It's unfortunately 19. Uh, but, oh! Yes, yes. Wrong year on the calendar there. Uh, by, by the way, and this, uh, I'm not sure why this uh, email would have come into this show. Dear Romy, college stats do not define what you're going to be at the pro level. Sincerely, Cam Reddish. 38% baby! <laughs> I knew I could get that out of you. <laughs> For those that will listen to the other seven episodes, this is what you have to look forward to. He teased me. Oh, I see him up. That's right. That's right. You you crushed that batting practice fastball as though you were a friend, Mill Reyes, knocking it into the scoreboard at the Jake. And yes, it's still the Jake, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now we what go to... Great, what a great name Fran Mill Reyes is. It really is. It really is. It, uh, it, not, it's... To, not, to be, not to be confused with Grand Bell Fisher. <laughs> I, I was afraid you were going to say Grand Mall Seizure. I'm like, whoa, I don't think we want to go there. <laughs> but, speaking of which, some, a team that might give that to its fans this year. Uh, yes, I went to Segway School. The Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, I got them down for 2-14, and 14, and for the life of me, I really have to squint at the schedule to find where those two wins are going to come from, because this is uh, a god-awful roster. A fairly decent draft. I mean, they did the right thing. They've got their sort of John Dorsey-type figure in place for the rebuild in the front office here, so, you know, they're, they're finally going about things the right way. I think Brian Flores might be uh, the, the right person for this job, although, again, uh, the, the, the bozo choke coaching tree, uh, not exactly brimming with uh, rich fruit out there, so we'll have to see how that one goes. Josh Rosen looks like he is not going to be the starter at the beginning of the year here, which means that a number two pick was spent on somebody who could be uh, S. Canned a year from now uh, when the uh, tank for Tua is ongoing, so... A lot of questions. Uh, It will be an interesting season, and if you're a Dolphins fan, all you can hope for is to be competitive in the copious losses to come. Absolutely, and several points. First, uh, you being a Fish fan, and I know this uh, because I I had this uh, with a blog post the other night, uh, do you know since Dan Marino walked out that door and never walked back through, do you know what the Miami Dolphins uh, record is, Rick? I do not know. 144 and 160 with two count them division titles. That That's actually more mediocre and less horrible than I would have thought it would have been. But uh, then again, there was only one year of Cam Cameron in that mix, so there's that. But, uh, within, which they went, within which they went 1 and 15, and, you were, and you're thinking they're going to do uh, better than that. Uh, you know, two other points that I'll make. The first is... For one of your teams, as you mentioned, you're a Browns fan and a Dolphins fan, an African-American defensive coordinator from the New England Patriots. What could go wrong? (laughs) Well, it's been an interesting lineage of coaches. Probably the most successful one that they've had since then uh, was Tony Sperano, who led them to the playoffs uh, during the uh, Wildcat era around 10 years ago. Uh, Tony Sperano, the late great Tony Sperano, uh, when he wasn't moonlighting as Tony Clifton uh, on the Letterman Show. But uh, it was an interesting uh, 20 years or so since uh, Marino left. It's uh, mostly bad, as, as we've kind of pointed out. And uh, this is going to be some of the worst of it. Uh, this is going to give the Cam Cameron short-lived era a run for its money. Although at least this time there's a plan, respect the process, so to speak, 
We'll see where they're at a year from now, in all likelihood two years from now if everything goes well. You're absolutely well. I, the, the second point I, I was going to make, and when you say there's a plan, you're absolutely right, Rick. And you know what that plan has? Things, yeah. thoughts, concepts, ideas, possibilities. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and to your point about Josh Rosen, number one, when the Arizona Cardinals call. They had already drafted Kyler Murray, and in my experience, you cannot get leverage with a rubber crowbar. Right. When they called and said, how about a two, I would have said, how about a seven? And they said, how about a three, I would have said, how about a seven? You invested a number two pick in this guy that you were about to sit and have learned from, and I'm expanding upon the definition of learn from, Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) And... And I can hear the, I almost said the late, in the terms of this show, yes. I, I can hear almost hear Kyle Ross in my head. Ryan Fitzpatrick! <laughs> I, don't you think that having invested a number two pick in him, even if you go 1-15, in 15, or as we like to call or as we like to call it, the full Cam Cameron, don't you owe it to yourself as an organization to see what you have with this kid? Yeah, I think so. And again, I wasn't the biggest uh, Josh Rosen enthusiast coming out, but uh, in a bad year for Arizona last year, he showed me some things. I think he can be something. But again, in a year where they are going to be tanking, they have the pole position to uh, successfully pull off the tank for Tua. I, I understand you can't completely write off this season, but, uh, again, it seems weird to give up a two there. I'll tell you what, uh, the, the, the Bidwells, uh, they haven't had a whole lot of success running a, a pro football franchise. Uh, they would be uh, excellent uh, working on a used car lot because they have just successfully disproved the whole notion here You know about how you know, a car loses like 50% of its value once they drive it off the lot. Boy, they could sell a used car for a whole lot based on what they did in the Rosen deal. Yeah, and, and look, and I, you and I had this conversation as well. The four of the, those four quarterbacks, Darnold, Allen, uh, Rosen, Mayfield, coming out of college, I had questions about all of them. My thought with Rosen was, if you watch him on tape, uh, going back to uh, when he faced Darnold in, in, in the Crosstown Classic at UCLA and USC, he throws – the, one of the prettiest balls I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, my question is, you know, my question about the kid was, you know, can he work? Will he be able to work? Um, I don't think you are doing it again. If he goes out there, he's terrible, and you go somewhere between 1 and 15 and 4 and 12, breaking news, you were going to go somewhere between 1 and 15 and 4 and 12 anyway. Right. I think that I think that you play him, and you know, and, and and if it does not go well, and I have every thought that it will not go well, then you allow Chad O'Shea, former Patriots wide receiver coach, now the OC in Miami, to work with Tua under whatever tomato can veteran that you bring in for the next season. Yeah. I guess no, uh, I Josh McCown... And I understand that Ryan Fitzpatrick is very fond of tomatoes. He is indeed. Josh McCown, I guess, is now back in the mix since he is unretired. So uh, you never know where he'll be uh, a year and from now. And by the way, uh, I just looked 
Walter Football, uh, their mock draft, yeah. has uh, quarterbacks being, going 1-2 next year. Uh, no surprise, the number one picks the Miami Dolphins. Quarterback, Tua, I cannot pronounce your last name, of Alabama. Uh, yeah, well, that uh, that is no great surprise. And, uh, yeah, probably to the Miami Dolphins. But, uh, regrettably, I say this as a Dolphins fan, we still have to play out the string of this season before we get there. So, there's that to look forward to in South Florida for the next four months plus. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, again, a division that is a foregone conclusion for the New England Patriots. And yet we found a lot of ways to say a lot of different things about it, because that's what we do here on this show. In our next mini-episode, we'll be talking AFC North. Thank you, Smalls, and thank you for joining us today for this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements.